Welcome to episode number 16 of the show, Reasons to Begin Branding. I am your host. Welcome to Creators Revival, where we talk all things marketing, branding, creativity. This is super awesome. Episode number 16. Glad you could join us again this week. And let's go ahead and dive right in. So we, in this episode today, I am going to talk about branding. What are some reasons that you should begin branding? Branding has grown massively. I mean, it has exploded over the internet, especially over the past, I would say, four to five years, things have really exploded and expanded into something really strong. A lot of people are getting into branding right now. There's much more information. There's much more tools and resources that we have at our disposal that we can talk about to get us to understand the concepts of branding and what it actually means and how a brand actually plays a part in getting your business noticed, getting it established and getting it understood in the marketplace. So these are, yeah. So let's go ahead and get into why you would need to begin branding. So things like getting a new company or promoting a new product can be a great reason why you would need to rebrand and why you would need to establish yourself as an expert about specific pieces of content. So let's say that you're actually, you're starting a new business and you need to have a website, a business card, letterheads, stationery, internal signage, wayfinding, all of these elements, social media, that would be a a good reason to have branding because everything needs to work cohesively and you need to make sure that all of those elements are showing up on the different sources that you're providing all these different social media channels that you're using you want to make sure that your brand is consistent the colors the typography the image any icons that are relevant the verbiage making sure your strategy is the same across all channels and all mediums, including things like your voicemail, your email footers, email campaigns, PR campaigns, all of that could be a great reason to actually deciding, hey, I need to brand my company on a larger scale. You might have a new product and it needs to be branded in such a way that it needs its own logo. That could be a reason it needs a new name for the product. So it might be a child product of a parent product. If you sell widgets, for example, but you're going to offshoot that widget company and then you're going to start selling support systems that help to for a specific industry that buys your widget. That could be a reason to rebranding an actual product. If you think of a larger company like Kellogg's, 
for example, Kellogg's is a food company, and but they have all these little minor brands under their umbrella in the form of products. So you have cornflakes, you might have frosted flakes. I would say Cheerios, I think it's a different company that's General Mills, but you get the idea. There's going to be several different offshoots that you can have from that parent company that you can use to have smaller products that will play a part in the overall branding strategy to be used for that minor supplement and direction that you're going in. Another reason you might need to raise money. You could be raising money for a specific campaign because you want it to have its own look and feel. It needs to be able to differentiate itself from other items, maybe in the marketplace or in the same sector or from all the other products and services that your company already provides. So that could be a reason to have its complete own brand because you want it to, you might be targeting a different client base and this different client base has different needs. They value things differently. They see things differently. They want to experience things in their own unique way because their lifestyle is unique to them. And that's really important that their, their lifestyle of your target customer is unique to them and you want the product that you're offering to identify with them as clearly and as easily as possible. That's why you might need to rebrand not the entire company, but the individual product might need its own brand strategy so that it can can connect and eventually convert with the target audience that you're trying to reach within a particular vertical. Another reason why is your cousin, your cousin, (laughs) your company might decide that it's going big. They might have some kind of evaluation and they might decide, hey, we no longer want to be a private company. We want to go ahead and shift gears and we want to become publicly available to the marketplace. And so that might be a reason to have a rebranding. Maybe a lot of the initial branding that was done was all internal. You were marketing to your internal customers, i.e. your your existing employees. So you were already marketing internally, but now that your company is choosing to go public, it's going to have a wider net that it needs to cast deliberately because like I mentioned earlier, people who are now paying attention have a different framework of actually seeing things. And so you need to make sure that your branding matches and the brand voice actually speaks to the company succinctly, clearly and effectively. And that's going to take planning. It's going to take strategizing. It's going to take thinking about all of the different elements and all of the different products that are involved within your company so that when you do go out to make these different um identifiers within the brand identity that now you're relating to the public 
and that's a lot of research that's going to be involved as well because you're no longer just taking a temperature or a census of what's happening internally. You might have to go out and do market research. In fact, it's likely you have to go out and do market research, surveys, questionnaires, maybe even some user experience case studies to see how people are currently interacting as well as how the public will interact with any existing digital platforms or digital websites that you might be building for them to interact with and getting a clearer sense on what's working for them so you can adapt to that. You might be looking for VCs. You might say, hey, you know, we haven't really launched our business yet. We're in a very, very, maybe we're in the first round and we need to draw more investors in to work with us. So we want to make ourselves look like that we actually have a purpose, that we have a really clear purpose and direction that we're going in. And and the best way to do that is to establish a brand identity, the brand voice, the brand values, the target customer, creating user personas. So the people that would be interested in working with us or investing in us for a portion of our company that they now believe and they are on board. We've visualized the vision. When I say we, I mean you. So that they can visualize the vision that you're doing. So whatever vision that you have for your company, you want to make that obvious, make it known. And one of the best ways to do that is to actually have a clear brand strategy with that in order to compensate and supplement a lot of the the nuances that will help convince people to invest. Another reason you might need to rebrand is you're changing the name of your company. You might need to think about the name itself, but maybe the name that you currently have isn't exactly resonating with your existing customers, or maybe you had a product change. Maybe there's a huge shift in your product in your product lineup, and that requires you to actually make these changes. And that could be a reason to go back and do some rebranding. Maybe you went from selling sunglasses to selling glasses for now you're doing it for a much more optical reason and a health benefit rather than just simply shielding your eyes from UV rays from the sun. So that could be a reason to rebrand. You changed your name from, we'll say, sunglass kit to round optics, opti-round. For example, that's going to require looking at imagery. That's going to require maybe looking at different type choices and fonts. That's definitely going to require changing up your messaging that you're doing both verbally visually and text-wise, the written word. So all of that would need to change within the brand and all of those things you're going to need to take into serious consideration, especially if you're changing the name and like I said, changing your actual vertical. Another thing that actually goes in line with that is because you have to change the name is maybe there's a the market that you're working with doesn't exactly feel that what your name is properly represents the service and products that you provide. So if it doesn't match, you know, if 
if what your name is does not match up with the audience that you're targeting, then you definitely want to go ahead and switch to that, go online, hire a copywriter. There are plenty of service providers that will that specialize just in coming up with names. And that's their sole thing. That's their, their sole business is coming up with really good business names. Or you can collaborate or ask internally, write down a bunch of ideas, brainstorm, dig, test, ask people, and just take a temperature to see how people actually feel about your existing name. Usually, the first place that you'll hear it from would actually be your internal staff. So if your name doesn't exactly jive with them too well, nine times out of 10, you'll probably hear it from them first. And then usually it'll come from customers. But if that's an issue, if that's an obstacle, if that's a problem that needs to be solved, then yeah, I would consider changing that. And name changes can be very, very expensive. Even with logo changes can be very expensive. For example, Uber had a backlash with one of the logos that they used. They were changing their logo and it wasn't something that, you know, the, the people didn't like very well. So they ended up kind of, you know, kind of rethinking about what they were going to do and about, you know, taking that step. Another reason that might be involved within, cha- within you changing your name, things like mergers that might happen, there might be something going on with the actual name and having to register it as a trademark. That could also be an issue as well. Usually things like trademark, those are really much more, much more expensive because then there's like going to court, production and legal, and there's just a lot that can go involved into that. But that might be another reason as well. Usually that's much more on the drier end, on the um, not as exciting end, but that's something that can happen and that you should probably be aware of. Another reason is people just don't know you. They don't know who you are. Maybe you just started off your business. Maybe you're new to the area and you're trying to get your feet wet. You're trying to get known and people just don't know you. So you've got to go through a, a super aggressive branding campaign and get that strategy in place, figure out the market and your existing customers in this new area, maybe some things about the U-Town that are unique that you can identify with and bring that into your strategy. What else do we have here? So maybe you want to appeal to a different market. Maybe right now you are targeting really, really high-end, chic customers. You want to bring that down maybe to a more simpler middle class, and that's the target market that you're trying to reach now. Maybe you don't want to be as bougie, or maybe it's the reverse. Maybe you were low-end, and now you want to appear to a much larger, much more affluent market. One person who did this successfully was Coco Chanel. When she started, she was having difficult time finding things that were as comfortable as her husband at the time that the clothes that he was wearing. She liked that his clothes were comfortable and they were loose and they were non-conforming. And so she started to wear them and started to pair them with things that she already had. So she had this contrast of things that were comfortable and loose fitting and yet things that were stylish and trendy and somewhat provocative at that time and she did this mashup and as she began to wear them out in public people began to take notice 
And they began to ask, hey, what did you get that? Or that outfit's amazing. And then, you know, people began to copy her. And as more people began to copy her, she realized, hey, I'm onto something. Let's go ahead and start building this out. Ended up, you know, hiring a team and the rest. There's a lot more that goes into it. But then, as I say, the rest is history. So there have been all kinds of brands that have shifted and waxed and waned between two different segments or two different sectors of either a high posh or something that's much more urban. A trend right now that that I'm seeing is, especially in the hip hop world, is mixing up two completely different styles. So you might have Gucci and then you might have something that you get from Goodwill. So you're taking something that's super expensive and mixing it, with, mixing it with something that's super low. It's the exact same thing that Coco Chanel did. It's the exact same strategy. So, I mean, that might be a reason for you need to rebranding yourself is because you're simply targeting a different market. And that simply requires a different level of thinking. It's not good or bad. It's just a different level of thinking in order to reach those customers in that market. Another reason you might need to revitalize something that you already have. You already might have an existing market and you want to maybe giving giving it a facelift. So giving it a brand facelift or an identity lift. And so maybe you're asking questions like, is this something that we can use in social media? Is this identity that we currently have? How do we translate that into Pinterest, into Instagram, onto Facebook, onto MySpace even, even though MySpace isn't as popular as, yeah, maybe it's something that you might be considering. It's like, well, how do we translate what we already have? We already have an identity, but we haven't dove into the digital landscape and we need to successfully make that transition. Maybe you have a postal office and obviously doing stickers and post-its is, and stamps is something that you're used to doing in the print world. And like, well, will this transfer over into the digital landscape? And how would we transfer and build interest and build an audience and get attention and actually do our brand marketing effectively in that digital landscape? So that needs to be taken into consideration. And that can be a strategy in itself and having an identity that's solely catered to doing something online. And that might be an entire refresh. And that could be something that would totally revamp things. Maybe you are an older company. Do you want to look great? Maybe your company's already established. You've been here for a while and you need to look more modern. There's something you want to look, maybe as you're appealing to a younger audience. Maybe you already established, maybe the people that are typically used to coming to your stores, maybe they're phasing out into a different stage of life. Maybe they aren't spending as much. Maybe their diets and habits have changed because of age and you've been around for a while. It's like, well, I don't want to close up shop. And I know that there's tons of millennials or people that are younger or boomers that are coming up that we want to get their attention. How can we market to them and how can we brand and position ourselves as this is the place that you want to come to? Maybe we're health conscious. Maybe we care about the environment. Maybe we are 
socially active in the political world. Maybe we're seeking, uh, looking more to be more in Activision and active with the with the things that are happening in the political climate. Um, being aware of animals and the environment and climate change and just being socially and economically socially and economically aware of of what's going on and you want to be a part of that you want to reach them you want to reach a younger crowd so you have to position yourself as someone who is sensitive to their issues to the issues that are going on with them and that you value what they value and in turn your products or your service will match those as well another reason is you already have an established restaurant or a barber shop but you have competitors there are people that are taking up your space and you want to get the attention of their customers you essentially want to add more value than your competitors the competitive landscape is extremely dense in almost every market. Every single market is saturated that is currently getting attention right now, as it should be. And it's right that the best brands win, the best companies win, the ones that add the most value, the ones that have a better process, the ones that have better solutions, the ones that communicate more effectively. That's the great thing about living in an environment with in a in a I want to say in a in a, an environment that we have that we can ha- have a free market where it's fair where everyone who's playing is fair. There's a certain word I was looking for. I can't think of it. Capitalism. That's the word. So when we're living in a capitalistic environment, it's fair. If everyone can get out and everyone can play, everyone has that leverage to get out and play in the market. But to go back to what I was saying, if you have, if your business, for example, you have competitors and you want to look like Olive Garden, you have a business, you run a restaurant, you serve Italian food, and you just want to look like your competitor, you want to look like the the giant. You want to stand on the shoulders of giants in your industry. That could be a reason to rebrand. In fact, that's a very good reason to rebrand is to model something that's already working. And that's something I had mentioned in previous episodes. So I'm not going to touch up on that now. Another reason is you might have multiple divisions within your company, but they're all scattered. Or you might have multiple departments within your company and the communication internally is scattered. And I've worked with clients before where internally they didn't, everything was not cohesive. They had a lot, maybe the billing department had a different access to logos that the marketing department didn't have or the development or the lab or whatever the case may be, um, the shipment, because these areas were segmented and they didn't, they weren't all on the same page, that's a great reason to rebrand, to have a solid brand identity that everyone can follow systematically across the board and it's consistent 
no matter who touches it. And if anyone needs a reference, they can go back into the files, they can go online, they can download the brand identity guideline, and then know exactly how it works. There's templates, there's instructions on how to use the templates, and there's instructions maybe on how to put in a request to get new assets made for the company that could be used internally to make sure that your brand is held to the highest standard via consistency. So that's a great reason. That's a fantastic reason to rebrand. You don't want to have your your letterheads and the color scheme on that looking completely different from your business cards. I mean, it has to be on par. Everything has to be on point and everything has to work together. And when everything works together within your company, whether it be a large company or a small company, people feel like they can take your brand seriously and they can trust you because you have that level of respect and dignity for the brand and the company and the vision that you are aiming for. Maybe you're just not exactly excited about handing out collateral for your business. That could be definitely a good reason to rebrand. Maybe the things that you are giving out, brochures, handouts, business cards, maybe they just look shabby. They don't look very professional. They don't convey that you take your brand with pride and with integrity. And maybe that's something that you want. You want to be respected. Yeah, you just started your dog grooming service. Yeah, you just started your cleaning service. But that does not mean that you cannot have a certain level of pride within the work that might be a great reason to develop a solid, clean brand is you want uniformity, you want consistency, and you want to build trust using those elements or using those principles within your company. So yeah, I mean that's definitely a re- good reason to consider looking at all the assets that you currently have, seeing how they're working, seeing what's not working, and saying, hey, I think we need to probably sit down and come up with a plan to get everything organized, how organizing everything is going to benefit in the long run, and how is that going to help our customers find the information that they need about us simply because we've made it easy for them to know what to look for by training them on how to find and use the assets that we provide for them, or at least get in touch with us on how to get certain pieces of information simply because we've structured things in such a way that it's easy to find because we're using systems that they're already used to following. So we're not reinventing the wheel. We're looking at what is it that our customers like? What is it that our customers are used to experiencing? And how can we match what we offer as close as possible to what they have already experienced so that it's easy for them to find and get the information that they need. Maybe it's the placement of your phone number or your contact information, or maybe it's a form that's really simple to use, or maybe the form is simple, but there's several questions that that it has. So you might need to have a progress bar to let the user know, okay, this is how far you've gone in the process and this is how much you have until you finish filling out this questionnaire. So that could be a good reason to rebrand. Everyone can recognize the actual symbolism. They recognize the actual local mark. 
but the logo type that you're using is very difficult to read on a small scale. That might be something to consider. I think Zara was a company that had this huge backlash online because they ended up kerning the letters too tight. It was just really, it really was tight. The, clearly, there was a brand strategy behind that that the public doesn't know about. They'll roll that all over t- over time, and then in hindsight, it'll make sense. But for right now, people are just kind of confused um, because we don't have any context of what's going on, which is perfectly fine. We'll we'll gladly um, see how things roll out over time. But that could be a factor. Maybe the typeface that was chosen was meant to be used as one way. But someone changed it. They decided, hey, we look, we like it better stretched out, which is a huge mistake. You never want to stretch out anything, especially typefaces. We wanted that we can scale it down and it's still readable. Or maybe the typefaces that we're using aren't exactly on par with how we want to represent ourselves. It might be a legibility issue when it comes to logo types or images or icons or elements that are being shown that just don't really make sense or it's just really, really difficult to use with the ever-changing tools and hardware and software that are coming out with different monitors. And then we have different phones. Apple makes one type of phone. It's systematic. But then you have Android, which makes a huge variety of phones from multiple different carriers. And that's amazing. That's great that we're getting that variety, but there could also be some technical issues when it comes to reading things, reading certain content. Maybe the application forms differently. Maybe the hardware and the software aren't getting along and then that might affect the perception of your brand. So all those things can be tested out. When you have a systematic brand, all that stuff can be tested out and looked at and seeing how does it look on this phone? How does it look on an Android? How does it look on an Apple phone? And so those are some things that can be taken into consideration when you're trying to create consistency among your brand. And going along with that, maybe you want to have a system that's much more cohesive and integrated compared to what you've been showing your existing clients in the past. Maybe your clients feel that what you're actually showing across different touch points isn't exactly in alignment and you want to prove that to your existing clients. You want to show them, hey, we've got our stuff together. We want to appear more abundant professional and we want to position ourselves as the expert. Maybe that's something you want to get across. Maybe it's the image that you want to get across to your existing customers that you are professional. You don't have to be the one that does all the work. Imagine the feeling that they get if you send them an email and all of a sudden they they look at the footer and they noticed, hey, this looks different. Huh? It's getting my attention and they decide to click on it and it goes to your website or whatever you're promoting and that's been redone. So you've actually used the email footer as a gateway to your website and that might go to a specific landing page because there's a specific campaign that you're running you're trying to get people get engaged with and then before you know it, customers are actually spending more money with you simply because you've altered the perception of how they see you. And by altering that perception of how they see you, they see you as more valuable. Or maybe they might they might feel more valuable because they're doing business with you. That boosts their ego, that boosts their confidence. And now they trust you even more because you've taken steps to grow and they're proud to now have you 
as their supplier or as their provider for whatever needs that they have. So that's also another great way to leverage and actually use a new branding system to improve the perceived value and therefore turn that into more cash for your business or at least more opportunity and awareness for your business. Perhaps there might be an acquisition that might be in play or there might be internal architecture that's happening within your business that you want to leverage and improve the value of upon that transition of the acquisition. So maybe there's an existing customer or a client or a buyer that or an investor that wants to go ahead and do a buyout of your business. And you just kind of want to just do some spring cleaning, clean some things up, get some things organized, make sure things are consistent. So then when you do hand it over, there's there's very little that needs to be done as far as messaging and the colors and the typography and just the whole brand system that comes into play, all the graphics, all the videos, all of those elements and making sure that that's something that you're providing and that you're handing over and to increase the perceived value or at least the confidence within that transition of that acquisition. It could be something as minor as delivering a personal experience within a product in order to perceive to change the branding of an element or create a brand identity for a singular product. We had talked about this earlier. It could be your mugs or your water bottles. I'm looking at a Contigo bottle here. And I've got this bottle simply because it's sturdy. It's made of like, has this metallic feel. It's really, really smooth, really, really gorgeous. It's polished and it looks like it has, it's made, it's metallic and it's really, really smooth. And it has this rubbery type of a hinge to it that caps on, that keeps the water cool. And so it's a very temperature sensitive bottle or temperature resistant. I think temperature sensitive is right. Temperature resistant bottle. So when you put ice inside of it, it stays cool. It keeps the temperature of the liquid that's held within the actual bottle. And that's something you want to get across. Maybe that's the unique selling point that you want to get across to your customers is no matter what liquid that you put inside of our water bottle, that it'll keep it cool. And that's a unique feature because maybe that's something that someone's looking for. I know that's something that was important to me. I want something I can take to the gym, something that if I put cold water in it, that it would stay cold and that the ice wouldn't melt after 15 minutes. So that's something that was very important to me when I was actually in the store looking for a bottle. That was one of the value props that they had listed was it was metallic. It held up pretty well. So puncturing a hole in this thing, you can't. It's made of metal. I can run this thing over with a tank and it'll bend. That's it. It holds temperature and that stuck out to me. And so that's a unique feature that was in the identity of the product that they were showcasing when it came to the value proposition of the item. And so maybe it's featuring things like that within your product. What's something unique about your product that needs to be featured within the identity that can be called out? Maybe those are some things that do need to be featured on every single product that you rolled out. And there's certain maybe dimensions and sizes and 
margins that need to be maintained when you're dealing with the logo type or the icon and making sure that it has proper proportions and space. And we're not going to get into that right now. Those are little details when it comes to establishing the standardization of the elements within different brands. So that's not something we're going to touch on right now. We'll do that in a future episode. So we're going to keep it tight and consistent so we can make sure that whatever that we're presenting here is going to be just solid and, and, and easy to follow. And we'll we'll post something different. I'll post something later that has something to do with within that that content. But another reason, company merger. So if you have a company acquisition, that's someone just acquiring a buying natural business. But maybe you're merging with a different company. Maybe you decided, hey, we're gonna go ahead and merge together. And this is we need to find a way to make sure that both of the products and services that we offer are going to blend well together and that we mix well together and that we are giving the right impression so we don't alienate all of our existing customers. Anytime you have a company merger or a CEO leaves or there's an acquisition and when you're trying to establish a new way of being seen, the perception, then yeah, that's another great direction is to establish a new brand identity and getting clear on the new values or at least the ordering of values that are in play. And from that, the company philosophy and the brand story and your unique sales propositions and the, the products lineup that you're going to be having and featuring um, the visual voice or the brand voice that's going to co- the new brand voice that's going to come into play with this merger. And so all of those things are elements and pieces that have to be thought about methodically and they have to be planned and they have to be organized and established in such a way that's clear, simple, and that can be followed with your existing customers or and as well with new customers with the public and then all the investors that may be involved in this merger so that's another reason to actually need to rebrand is that now we're taking two separate entities and that we need to harmonize them and get them to work with each other in such a way that now we need one voice rather than two separate voices talking at once great time to rebrand and thinking about reestablishing a whole new brand identity. Maybe you want to convey that you add more value than you're taking. Your company offers way more than it will ever take. Think of companies like, I know we had mentioned Coca-Cola, but I, I went through their their Instagram feed and I noticed that they don't have to interact with their customers very much simply because they add so much value. They give so much away in the form of entertainment, in the form of drinks. Like when I go to a restaurant, I don't get charged for every cup of Coca-Cola that I fill up with ever. I buy it once and I can usually refill it as many times as I want within that single visit of the store. And that's adding value. That's adding value to my customers. That's adding value to um, your customers. I mean, that's a different model. They can do that. But what's one way that you can add unique value to your customers? What's something that you can do, even if it's simple, even if it's sending a birthday card or a thank you note or an email or a text message or just asking, hey, how are you doing? 
or maybe it is sliding in a new bottle of your perfume. The customers that have visited your store because you're still closed, but you decided to get in the perfume business, you slide to add that in. That's also a form of branding and marketing. That's just something to consider. Some things to think about when establishing a new brand. Maybe you want to establish yourself as the expert in your industry. You stand head and shoulders above everybody else. And that could be a reason to rebrand. It's like, hey, we're stronger now. We're better. We're changed. We're different. Come buy some box seats. We got rid of old management. We have new management in. Come visit our apartment. Come stay at our hotels. Come to our ball game. Get some front row seats. Get some skybox seats. And this is going to be great. You've maybe you've changed your attitude or you've changed your process or you've changed your beliefs and you want to express that. That could be a a significant reason to rebrand is that you want to you have a new vision, you have a new outlook and you want to express that and you want people to take notice of that. Just saying it isn't going to be enough. You have to show them that you are willing to make those steps by reaching out, by doing things that are different, by taking chances, whatever the case may be, but you still want to make sure that people know that it's you and they'll only identify that by consistency, by you conditioning them to let them know that it's you via your message or your color or your videos or your audio or your posts on social media when you're running a social media marketing campaign. And that is all a part of the brand strategy. That's all included. That's all inclusive. That's all that needs to be taken into consideration when you are delivering this level of content, whether it be big or small. It's letting them people know that, hey, we are the experts. Come to us. And that could be a reason to use to leverage when you are creating that or when you are making that strategic move in the space that you would like to go ahead and take over. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the episode. I really appreciate it. If you like this episode, feel free to hop on Twitter and just send me a a DM on Twitter, on Instagram at giftboxcreative. You can just send me in the DM, hey, I really like this episode and just let me know if there's any requests or you can just tweet me at giftboxcreative and say, hey, I really like this episode and ask a question. Hey, what's something you would want me to cover? What's, is there a specific topic that you're interested in? Let me know what's going on and let me know what's up. I'd love to hear about you guys in the VR social needs world. Anyhow, thank you for listening. And uh, if you like it, subscribe, follow, share, and just, yeah. And I look forward to engaging with you guys and hearing your comments. Um, I love seeing your, your comments. I really appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. And I think you guys are super awesome. A lot of you guys are really, really nice and saying some really awesome things. And I really, really appreciate it. And so I love getting in and just thanking you and looking at seeing what you're putting out as well and looking at the work that you guys have got going on and complimenting and, um, and just digging in and just chatting with you guys. Anyhow, I hope to see you out there in the world. And uh, thank you for listening to today's episode. And always remember the light at the end of the tunnel may be you. I'll talk to you guys again soon.